Chapter Twenty Four of the Scarecrow of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Four: The Royal Reception. At about four o'clock of that same day, the red wagon drew up at the entrance to Glinda's palace, and Dorothy and Betsy jumped out. Ozma's red wagon was almost a chariot, being inlaid with rubies and pearls, and it was drawn by Ozma's favorite steed, the wooden sawhorse. "'Shall I unharness you?' asked Dorothy. "'So you can come in and visit?' "'No,' replied the sawhorse. "'I'll just stand here and think. Take your time. Thinking doesn't seem to bore me at all.' "'What will you think of?' inquired Betsy of the acorn that grew the tree from which I was made. So they left the wooden animal, and went in to see Glinda, who welcomed the little girls in her most cordial manner. "'I knew you were on your way,' said the good sorceress, when they were seated in her library, for I learned from my record-book that you intended to meet Trot and Button Bright on their arrival here. "'Is the strange little girl named Trot?' asked Dorothy. Yes, and her companion, the old sailor, is named Cap'n Bill. I think we shall like them very much, for they are just the kind of people to enjoy and appreciate our fairyland, and I do not see any way at present for them to return again to the outside world. Well, there's room enough here for them, I'm sure, said Dorothy. Betsy and I are already eager to welcome Trot. It will keep us busy for a year at least, showing her all the wonderful things in Oz." Glinda smiled. "'I have lived here many years,' said she, "'and I have not seen all the wonders of Oz yet.' Meanwhile the travelers were drawing near to the palace, and when they first caught sight of its towers, Trot realized that it was far more grand and imposing than the king's castle in Jinxland. The nearer they came, the more beautiful the palace appeared, and when finally the scarecrow led them up the great marble steps, even Button Bright was filled with awe. "'I don't see any soldiers to guard the place,' said the little girl. "'There is no need to guard Glinda's palace,' replied the scarecrow. We have no wicked people in Oz, that we know of, and even if there were any, Glinda's magic would be powerful enough to protect her." Button Bright was now standing on the top steps of the entrance, and he suddenly exclaimed, "'Why, there's the sawhorse and the red wagon! Hip, hooray!' And next moment he was hurrying down to throw his arms around the neck of the wooden horse which good-naturedly permitted this familiarity when it recognized in the boy an old friend. Button Bright's shout had been heard inside the palace, so now Dorothy and Betsy came running out to embrace their beloved friend the Scarecrow, and to welcome Trot and Cap'n Bill to the Land of Oz. "'We've been watching you for a long time in Ozma's magic picture,' said Dorothy, "'and Ozma has sent us to invite you to her own palace in the Emerald City. I don't know if you realize how lucky you are to get that invitation, but you'll understand it better after you've seen the royal palace and the Emerald City. 
Glinda now appeared in person to lead all the party into her azure reception-room. Trot was a little afraid of the stately sorceress, but gained courage by holding fast to the hands of Betsy and Dorothy. Cap'n Bill had no one to help him feel at ease, so the old sailor sat stiffly on the edge of his chair and said, uh, "'Yes, ma'am,' or "'No, ma'am,' when he was spoken to, and was greatly embarrassed by so much splendor. The Scarecrow had lived so much in palaces that he felt quite at home, and he chatted to Glinda and the Oz girls in a merry, light-hearted way. He told all about his adventures in Jinxland and at the great waterfall, and on the journey hither, most of which his hearers knew already, and then he asked Dorothy and Betsy what had happened in the Emerald City since he had left there. They all passed the evening and the night at Glinda's palace, and the sorceress was so gracious to Cap'n Bill that the old man, by degrees, regained his self-possession and began to enjoy himself. Trot had already come to the conclusion that in Dorothy and Betsy she had found two delightful comrades, and Button Bright was just as much at home here as he had been in the fields of Jinxland, or when he was buried in the popcorn snow of the land of Mo. The next morning they arose bright and early, and after breakfast bade good-bye to the kind sorceress, whom Trot and Cap'n Bill thanked earnestly for sending the scarecrow to Jinxland to rescue them. Then they all climbed into the red wagon. There was room for all on the broad seats, and when all had taken their places, Dorothy, Trot, and Betsy on the rear seat, and Cap'n Bill, Button Bright, and the Scarecrow in front, they called, Get up! to the sawhorse, and the wooden steed moved briskly away, pulling the red wagon with ease. It was now that the strangers began to perceive the real beauties of the land of Oz, for they were passing through a more thickly settled part of the country, and the population grew more dense as they grew nearer to the Emerald City. Everyone they met had a cheery word or a smile for the Scarecrow, Dorothy, and Betsy Bobbin, and some of them remembered Button Bright and welcomed him back to their country. It was a happy party indeed that journeyed in the red wagon to the Emerald City, and Trot already began to hope that Ozma would permit her and Cap'n Bill to live always in the land of Oz. When they reached the great city, they were more amazed than ever, both by the concourse of people in their quaint and picturesque costumes, and by the splendor of the city itself. But the magnificence of the royal palace quite took their breath away, until Ozma received them in her own pretty apartment, and by her charming manners and assuring smiles made them feel they were no longer strangers. Trot was given a lovely little room next to that of Dorothy, while Cap'n Bill had the coziest sort of room next to Trot's and overlooking the gardens. And that evening Ozma gave a grand banquet and reception in honor of the new arrivals. While Trot had read of many of the people she then met, Cap'n Bill was less familiar with them, and many of the unusual characters introduced to him that evening 
caused the old sailor to open his eyes wide in astonishment. He had thought the live scarecrow about as curious as anyone could be, but now he met the tin woodman, who was all made of tin even to his heart, and carried a gleaming axe over his shoulder wherever he went. Then there was Jack Pumpkinhead, whose head was a real pumpkin with the face carved upon it, and Professor Wogglebug, who had the shape of an enormous bug, but was dressed in neat-fitting garments. The professor was an interesting talker, and had very polite manners, but his face was so comical that it made Cap'n Bill smile to look at it. A great friend of Dorothy and Ozma seemed to be a machine man called Tick-Tock, who ran down several times during the evening, and had to be wound up again by someone before he could move or speak. At the reception appeared the Shaggy Man and his brother, both very popular in Oz, as well as Dorothy's Uncle Henry and Aunt Em, two happy old people who lived in a pretty cottage near the palace. But what perhaps seemed most surprising to both Trot and Cap'n Bill was the number of peculiar animals admitted into Ozma's parlors, where they not only conducted themselves quite properly, but were able to talk as well as anyone. There was the cowardly lion, an immense beast with a beautiful mane, and the hungry tiger, who smiled continually, and Eureka the pink kitten, who lay curled upon a cushion, and had rather supercilious manners, and the wooden sawhorse, and nine tiny piglets that belonged to the wizard, and a mule named Hank, who belonged to Betsy Bobbin. A fuzzy little terrier dog named Toto lay at Dorothy's feet, but seldom took part in the conversation, although he listened to every word that was said. But the most wonderful of all to Trot was a square beast with a winning smile that squatted in a corner of the room and wagged his square head at everyone in quite a jolly way. Betsy told Trot that this unique beast was called the Woozy, and there was no other like him in all the world. Cap'n Bill and Trot had both looked around expectantly for the Wizard of Oz, but the evening was far advanced before the famous little man entered the room. But he went up to the strangers at once and said, I know you, but you don't know me, so let's get acquainted. And they did get acquainted in a very short time and before the evening was over Trot felt that she knew every person and animal present at the reception, and that they were all her good friends. Suddenly they looked around for Button Bright, but he was nowhere to be found. "'Dear me!' cried Trot. "'He's lost again!' "'Never mind, my dear,' said Ozma, with her charming smile. "'No one can go far astray in the land of Oz.' And if Button Bright isn't lost occasionally, he isn't happy. End of chapter twenty four. End of The Scarecrow of Oz by L. Frank Baum. This book read by Phil Chenevere, April two thousand and fourteen, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Thank you for listening.